We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast, the Jark and Jung people, and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Chat to the future, the future, the future. Chat to the future. Hello guys, welcome back to Chat to the Future. Today is a very special episode. We are interviewing my mum, who works at Wesley Mission. So today we'll start with an introduction, get to know what Wesley Mission's all about, why mum started doing Wesley Mission, and yeah, we'll go from there. So, hello mum, what about you introduce yourself? Hi Graylin, it's a pleasure to be here. And Eliza, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yes, so I've been working for West Nation for the past um, nine and a half years. So it's going to be my 10th year anniversary <laughs> in December of next year. I have been a, I started out as a caseworker um, since 2014 and I was, was promoted then to team leaders for two teams, namely the Wesley Youth Outreach, Central Coast, and of course the Wesley Specialist Homes and Services. And um, it's a role that I have been very passionate about, especially homelessness and, you know, assisting young people with um, mental health and AOD issues. And um, yeah, it's a common, you know, issue that most people here on the Central Coast encounter homelessness and um, mental health and issues with drug abuse and misuse. So for, so for the viewers, what does AOD mean? Alcohol and other drugs. So as a caseworker, yeah. how did you start out? Did you think that like going into it, you were prepared enough with dealing with that type of mental load? Yeah, um, actually... It's more from lived experience as well. When I was young, my dad, he was a politician back in our country, the Philippines. And, um, you know, when you're a politician, the main goal is to help your constituents. And I was exposed to him, of course, helping uh, citizens in the community who are disadvantaged And there was a particular um, man that was always, you know, in our street. (sighs) On a daily basis, I'd see him walk past and um, he would present as grotty. And, you know, he's the sort of person that you wouldn't want to look at twice. But, you know, the more I got to know him, the more I... knew and found out that he's just another person that's, you know, just met with some bad luck and disadvantage in his life. However, it's those connections that make you appreciate that you are lucky at the end of the day, not being in that position, but also in the same token, you can be a part of that person's Development, maybe not financially most of the time, but them being able to realize that 
I do matter. Yeah, because um, there was like two, going up, there was like two um, male person who has been homeless that I've helped was, you know, in my teen years. <laughs> yes, oh <laughs> that's right. So that made me really become passionate about homelessness. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, do you think you would have still got into it if there wasn't that like personal experience for yourself? Um, yeah, uh, because um, when my dad, like what I've said, when he was a politician, you've got people from all walks of life with different um, issues come for assistance. And I really appreciated the fact that, you know, we can make a difference in our own little way might not be major with lots of money being poured into the system, but in your own little practical way, you can support them. Okay, so at Wesley Mission, what's the goal of Wesley Mission? Wesley Mission is, <laughs> we have um, a saying with Wesley Mission to for us to be able to do all the good things that you can to every peep, to everyone to every place at any time. So that's the main goal. Yeah. Do all the good that you can. So I know that you work with youth and not just homeless people. Yeah, families too. Yeah. Yeah, families too. What would you recommend if someone knew someone that was homeless or a youth going through homelessness themselves? What would you say? Yes, of course, um, it's always good to not keep it to yourself. That's the um, the main goal here. It's more about reaching out and connecting because there is help out there. And the best way to deal with an issue like that, say homelessness or maybe alcohol and other drugs, is to make contact with your at least a trusted adult and that school offers counseling services. So a school counselor would be a good um, resource for you to be for a youth a young person to be able to make contact with. And also a, a teacher. Tell your teacher that you're having that issue. Sometimes in my experience, even your friend, a friend might be able to help you and it especially with some people who are quite in, introvert, they might not want to share their story with just someone, but sometimes a friend can advocate on behalf of that young person. So I just want to tell the viewers, I know it's a very scary thing if you have personal issues and homelessness might be a factor, but don't be scared to tell people. That's the main goal in which my mom is trying to tell you. You should always contact a school counsellor, tell teachers, tell your friends. Don't be scared. And I know sometimes that may be embarrassing for you and self-pride might come into the factor here, but you just have to go out there and you will get the help as long as you ask for it. Exactly. Yes, that's the uh, message that we aim to spread today. There is help out there. And you have to know that you aren't alone in these issues. There's so many people out there at your age, different ages, and everyone's going through it. Okay, okay. life is, isn't always easy, 
and us as humans have resources there available to help us and you just need to go looking for them. That is correct. Are there any um, tips that you would give to people who do get told that their friend is homeless and like how they can help? Yeah, um, so there are services out in the community like regional youth support services. Um, so say if they're homeless, they can access some um, support from doorways because they've got the youth connectors that can assist. Yeah, and I there is a great resource that has been launched earlier this year um, with the help of the Rotary Club at the entrance. It's called the um, Central Coast Services Directory. I will give you a sticker that you can post outside um, this the the building because what they can do is all they need to do is scan it. There's a QR code that they can scan and you know, a directory will come up and then they can just scroll through the directory and find the agency or the support that they need to be able to access that support. Yeah. And how do you, like, when you have someone who is homeless, what do, what is it that, like, you do? If that, that's, like, uh, a very okay. broad yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the procedure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Say, for example, a family presents as homeless. The first thing they would be doing or we would encourage them to do is make contact with Link to Home. Mm -hmm. So the number for Link to Home is 1-800-152-152. So when they make contact with Link to Home, what will happen is they will be provided a few days of temporary accommodation and then after a certain amount of um, days that will be provided by Linked Home, that family will need to make contact with housing. And that's where the ball starts rolling because they will need to make an application for housing assistance. And once they make an application for housing assistance, they will be able, they will need to um provide documentation in relation to themselves like say income statement bank statements and other documentation to prove their identity to start with but as a caseworker the usual um role that we we do is to provide advocacy to provide advice to provide um, referral services and be able to link families and, of course, young people to relevant services that is in relation or relevant to their needs. Yeah. As someone who does have a family and you never want to see your family go through something that you see every day practically. Yes, of course. How do you draw the line between like your emotional, I guess, like empathy for the people and then also having to be like a mum and like a worker for the family as well? That is a very good point, Elisa, because um, I'm going to be honest here with you. Sometimes, you know, being human, it's just natural for us to you know, have those emotions. 
But of course, that is when you really have need to have good boundaries where you have that um, very good distinction between your personal feelings and biases and values as opposed to what is being presented with what's happening with your client. Um, don't you worry. There has been times when I was like thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I want to take this kid home and look after yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. mom. That's really good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But at the end of the day, because you're in a position to assist that person, you try and make those linkages for that person to receive that support and assistance. Yes. And of course, it's like what I've said, it's always an important part of case management and a caseworker's role to have very good boundaries. Because if you don't, you'll just end up having a burnout. Yeah. Mm. I'd also like to remind the viewers that if there is someone in your life that you may see having these issues at home and stuff, don't be a bystander. Like, I know that if you might reach out to these people on behalf of someone else without their permission as such, they might get mad. But in the end, if you did help even one person, it would all be worth it. And even at the end of the day, if they get mad at you and they don't understand why you did, it, it's better to know you helped someone than of just watched it and let it get worse. Yeah. It, what, what do you think about that? Um, is that yes, right? of course. That? Um, it's always good to tell a friend especially if um, you're not feeling very confident in sharing your story with other people. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's very complex when you're having to deal with issues at school, issues with friends. Take, for example, if you've also got like alcohol and other drug issues, it's very, very overwhelming. And, you know, it's it's good to know that you are not alone, that there is help out there. And you've got your friends, you, you've got your families, you've got your relatives, you've got your teachers. There is help out there. So if right now someone's listening that's homeless, what's their first plan of approach? What should they do right now? Um, of course, um, contact Link to Home. Yeah. And then, of course, um, they can also contact Housing. Okay. So there's two housing offices that they can make contact with. One is um, in Gosford and one is in Wyong. Okay. Yeah. And seeing that you see a lot of cases that are involved or in relation to alcohol and drugs, mm -hmm. how do you see that like directly linked to homelessness? Like, is there like things that you just see and they're all kind of similar? Or yeah, of course, because um, another prevalent issue that we are experiencing or we are coming across at the moment is domestic violence, right? So with domestic violence, there is a, a gamut of issues that are involved and sometimes mental health, you'll see mental health You'll see AOD happening in there. You'll see relationship breakdown. And when you've got all these other issues that impacts on a family, not just, of course, you're a family, you're a single unit, and 
it's correlational, the issues that's happening within that family unit, then the more that you'll see that there is increase in all those other issues, such as, you know, like mental health, um, AOD, and relationship breakdown. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yes. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And have you had any experience like where you've seen situations go from just like bad to worse, like instantly with like homelessness and just... Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and then, of course, um, it's not just become homelessness because with some family, um, when they become homeless, the children are put at risk. And then, of course, child protection comes into play. So it's not just them being homeless. Sometimes the children are being removed because of that homelessness situation. Yeah. And just for Graylin as well, seeing your mom do this type of work, is it hard for you? Like, if she's ever had, like, a bad day at work, is it hard, like, to see? Obviously, your mental health wouldn't always be at the best at all times. Is it hard to see your mom go through that? I'll answer this. Um... I've got to admit, when mom has a very good way of separating work and home life, and as a caseworker, I think you'd have to do that because mm-hmm. you don't want to bring your issues home or your home life becomes worse. And the separation between work and home life has to be there because then you'll burn out eventually, like my mom has previously mentioned. But I've never had a situation where mom hasn't come home and she's still my mom. Yeah, she's... Of course, there's times I've probably sensed maybe she hasn't had the best day or something, but it's never affected me as such. And that might just be my own personal experience of a case workers. Who obviously, mothers or fathers to their own families and stuff might have a different approach at home. But personally, my mom is a pretty good mom. So I wouldn't thank, change that for the world. Thank you, Graylin. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I employ this strategy uh, because I have actually um, learned this from an induction that I did back in 2014. This guy um, shared with me, a shared with a group, actually, and I really um, found it very helpful, a strategy on how you'll be able to separate your work life from your home life as you're transitioning from being at work to going home. So he said that you need to visualize yourself with a suitcase, right? So say, for example, I am going to work that morning. So I need to visualize myself with a suitcase where I know this suitcase is for like home. This is my home time, right? So once I get to, say, from Gosford to, um, say, Wyong, so smack in the middle of those two distance points, right? That's where I will need. So once I get to that midline, I will need to drop or put down my home suitcase (laughs) and be able to pick up my work suitcase and take it from that midpoint to while. And then you do that in reverse 
when you're finished at work and you're going straight home. So I do that. And that would not be easy at all. Did it take years of practice to yes, come up it with did. that? Like- it did, yeah, that's right. So in my case, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be telling you where I live, but it would be um, give or take um, your street at East Gosford. <laughs> that's where my um, exchange of suitcases will be. Yeah. From my work it's life, it's a whole to different my, um, mental game yeah. from work yeah. and home yeah. life. Yes, yeah. And I also want to remind the viewers because we're talking to youth, to adults, to anyone on this podcast. That's our aim. But I also want to remind viewers that becoming homeless isn't like scarce, and it only takes free things. Which one of our bosses just told us before that I found interesting, and I thought I'd remind everyone on the podcast. It can take simple free things. It could be a loss in family, loss of job. And then even starting a family, I, I know that a lot of youth think starting a family might be easy or going out of the house might be easy. And at times it could seem like that, but in reality, it's not as easy as you think. And finance comes into it. Inflation nowadays is crazy and money is hard to get at times. And you can go homeless in a second. And I want to remind if you're starting a family, don't just think of yourself because in reality, if you're starting a family and you have your own children, they start to become part of the, not problem, I should say, but you have to think about them as well because if you're starting a family, you have to think about the big picture and you're not just thinking of yourself in that moment and money becomes hard. So I just want to remind everyone of that, okay, when considering a family or leaving home. Yeah. So would that mean, Graylin, that you'll be starting a family late? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Mom, okay. When, when you're like, 35 or 40. All right. Is that okay. what you're hinting here? <laughs> We're aiming for 50. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah. Is there anything you would like to share? Yeah. Is there anything feel you like want to personally on, Yeah. I think um, people just really need to understand that homelessness can just happen to anyone or, you know, being homeless um it's it's a it's very it's a very complex um, issue. We can't judge a person just because of their presentation. Say if you see them under um, a bridge, or if you see them sleeping, you know where the bus stop is, bus stop benches. Um, I have had an experience when I was approached. So we've got this, um, pro, you know, it's an initiative from housing. It's uh, where we go out once a year to look for people that are homeless within the community. And um, I, when I was involved in that um, initiative, there was like, um, and this is called the rough sleepers count, right? A couple approached me and told me, oh, can you do something about that man who was like sleeping near the fish and man's wharf? This was in Moi Woi. And I said, um, why? What, what's, what's wrong with, with this guy? And they said to me, oh, he's such an eyesore. And 
you know, I was like thinking to myself, wow, just because you you see this homeless guy by um, that's sleeping by the fisherman's wharf, um, he, he becomes an eyesore. I, I'm thinking, wow, you're quick to judge, but we never know what the backstory is for us to be able to um, judge that person as to why they end up being homeless. Mind you, when I was like um, working as a community nurse back in 2007, I was with my client at the botanical gardens and I saw this homeless person in there and I had a quick chat with him and I found out that he used to be a solicitor for like 20 years and he he's just given up because he lost his wife. Um, it was very hard for him to go back because to go back and practice law because of his depression. But my goodness, he's a solicitor. <laughs> he's had years of training. He's had years of being a professional, and yet he found himself homeless. And, you know, these are things that we can't predict nor stop because it can happen to anyone. And I bet you never in his wildest dream, this this solicitor has become homeless, never in his wildest dream would he have had any inkling, nor the idea that one day he'll be homeless. So mm. what you're trying to say, Mum, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. And everyone has their own story. Yeah. And just because someone might look like they're in a good position, the next day they could be just homeless as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. They We've got this saying in in the homelessness space that you are just three paychecks away from being homeless. Yep. Yep. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. Thank you for coming on today. <laughs> My Loved pleasure. having you. <laughs> well, thank yes. you, viewers. Um, that was a change of pace today from our usual fun chats, but it is a reality in life that there are homeless people and we don't know what's happening in everyone's lives. But this has been Chats of the Future. I've enjoyed interviewing my mum today with Eliza and myself. And I hope everyone's having a good week or whenever you listen to this. So over and out.